Welcome along to the Wise Men's Here podcast. It's been a while since we have sat in Gareth's house and recorded a podcast for you. We've been doing a few reaction shows and stuff, and ourselves have been off to speak to Terry Butcher and things mm. like that, but myself and Gareth Barker are joined. Lots to discuss tonight. A game at Wickham that seemed suited to the Gladiator era. Wembley tickets and how that's been handled. And also a huge game against Barnsley around the corner, which is, of course, second against third and could be make or break in Sunderland's season, really. James Hunter from the Chronicle joins us. How are you doing, James? I'm very well, thank you. Good evening to you both. Been Seems like a long time since it, I was here. It does. I was thinking that, but then I thought, actually, I'm sure it wasn't that long, but there and you we go. Had a, and he said a similar thing last time. It was it? definitely yeah. 2018. When you were last here? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I'm going to go back through <laughs> my messages and see when you agreed. <laughs> he seemed quite forceful with that opinion. Yeah, actually, no. You he's were got a, supposed he's got to be on. No, that was it. Yeah. You were supposed to be on, then we had to cancel the show last minute. So mm. I remember, to be fair. Anyway, that's really boring for everybody. <clears throat> so who cares? Who cares? Exactly. Mm. Joe isn't, isn't boring for everybody just this week. <laughs> It's been general, to discuss, it hasn't has it? it? Yeah, it's just the last few hours, really. Has yeah, been exciting enough. It changes. I mean, the 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 situation changes faster than the rules of the AFL Trophy. Yeah, and they may change again between yeah, now and the final. Apparently, everyone's going to be suspended apart from George Honeyman by the time it the is game mad starts. That. How how George Honeyman? So people who who might not have caught up with this news, George Honeyman was obviously, which we'll get onto, sent off um, from the subs bench uh, at Wickham um, on Saturday. And the idea was that if Sunderland had to postpone their game against Fleetwood, uh, he would miss out at Wembley. Um, the game against Fleetwood has been postponed because of international call-ups. But he isn't missing the game at Wembley. And the organisers have said he can play and it only counts for league games, which is bizarre because Max Power missed four games when he was suspended for yeah. three games earlier in Catamore the season. Catamore missed one as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brian Oviedo and yeah. Power again. Yeah, Power mm. oh, missed two. It's mad, isn't it? I mean, they don't, they're not helping themselves with, you know, the... I'm not going to go on record and say that it's a little bit dodgy how it's ended up being the Sunderland-Portsmouth final and the he's two on re- teams He's on record it, saying that. They kept no. apart all the way through the competition. Um, we, To be fair, we said that from yeah. before the quarterfinals. We said Sunderland will get Newcastle at home, they will get Man City at home, yeah. and they will keep Sunderland-Portsmouth apart in the semi-finals. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but cup draws on the radio? Mm. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, at least it's not in Thailand or something like that at <laughs> four o'clock in the morning. Remember that? Yes, Carabao um, Cup. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean it, it's 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 a shame, um, you know. And you can see why supporters of other clubs have kind of looked at the don't like the competition for a number of reasons, um, and uh, yeah, it's just a way to kind of work out. Everyone's obviously desperate to go um, because. I think the game, up to now, I think in some respects is secondary to the actual occasion where it's, you know, we're going to go down there, everyone's going to have a good weekend, you know, there's going to be... Especially if you've got a comfort exactly, and drink exactly. on the street. I mean, I would re- highly it's recommend... definitely what I'll be doing. Yeah, I would highly recommend uh, going and doing that. It's it's an absolutely sensational time. <laughs> Read Gareth's TripAdvisor review yeah, on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is contradictory to the last TripAdvisor yeah. review he gave on that when he decided to turn in a... Victor Meldrew on, yeah, on Twitter yeah. Yeah, yeah, and call out people who were going to do that myself included <laughs> because after we've done our show I'll be heading down there and I'll, yeah, I'll, no, I'll, but you're an idiot I'll, I'll so. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm not saying I, everybody who's going is any I'm just in yeah, Steve yeah, yeah, you're getting close to it again you're in dangerous, <laughs> no, dangerous no. grounds again all my best friend I've got some best friends who are going to Covent Garden last time I thought it was really good I really enjoyed it I went Covent for a Garden. little bit and then got bored and left and went to the pub 
Only it's a nice bo- Charing Cross. Only boring people get bored. <laughs> All right, Dad. <laughs> uh, no, they, they went to Charing Cross for the night. There's some nice pubs down there. Went in there. But that's the thing, anyway. Regardless of what you choose to do, the point is, it's a great opportunity. People are going to come together. You know, all the lads and wise men say are going to be there. You know, and we obviously we've got the thing on the night before that sold out with with sleeves and uh, Nick Barnes at the Southwark Brewery. Thanks so for thanks, that. Yeah, yeah, so thanks, and that'll be less than a day that to sell out. Be, uh, class because it'll be a laugh and that's what it's all about getting together and going down there the game as I say is in some respects secondary but on the day everyone will be like wanting to win you want to win the game um, but yeah it, it's it's just a shame that you know the, it's great for George that he's obviously going to play in the game um, you'd, you'd suspect and, and captain his boyhood club at Wembley and you know no matter what you say he'll You'll never forget that. And his it's mood great must that have, opportunity hasn't been taken away from Well, him. his mood must have gone from really low to really high in a short space yeah. of time, which is... A fl- is this mic okay? Yeah, it is. Is that all right? Okay. Um, which must have been a flip <laughs> to what um, Duncan Watmore went through on Saturday because he's at an ultimate high. He's equalised in the last uh, minute, or, well, maybe not the last minute, but in stoppage time. And then he goes and gets an injury because somebody um, decides to hack him down. Yeah, uh, a player who probably should have already been sent off by that point. Yeah, and then does actually get sent off um, for it, and it's um, it's a shame for Duncan. But how how's Jack saying that's looking that one? It's a massive shame for him. I mean, we're still waiting for the for the news. Duncan went off for a scan this afternoon, um, but you can never tell with these things. Just looking at Duncan's immediate reaction, yeah. it didn't look good. Mm. Um, you know, there's somebody who knows his own body. Yeah, and the checker trade finals only only three weeks <laughs> away, isn't it? Um, so even if it's a comparatively, you know, even if it's just kept him out two or three weeks, that would still be enough to, um, you know, to keep him out of the final, and that would be a terrible thing to happen just by a, a you know, a ridiculous lunge by Marcus Bean, who was just frustrated at the end of a game because Duncan had just scored a, a late equaliser, and he took a swipe at him, and just with that sort of unthinking um, lunge. Uh, you know, look at the the damage that that's been done in terms of um, you know it might put Duncan out of out of a Wembley appearance. The thing is, it it, it wasn't an it wasn't an isolated incident in the game though because you know there were the I mean we've played some teams this season who've you know stretched the boundaries of of the game in terms of fair play or you know respect for opposition whatever you want to call it and that's fine but. I thought it was ridiculous on on Saturday. It wasn't, you know, because it's it's all right for people to say, oh well, you went to Wickham and you drew one one, and you know, it's big old like you know, little old Wickham, you shouldn't be complaining, you Sunderland, you've spent this much money. I well, it doesn't matter if you kick somebody off the park, and and that's what happened. And it wasn't only that they were you know diving, rolling around on the floor any time anyone near them. How many times did they leave? Leave? I mean, it was Samuel in the first half, left one on. Uh, or nine in, in after yep. about two three minutes and it was a shocking challenge yep. and it, it set the tone really and it was all game and he should have been sent off about twice before he actually got sent off it's I mean, almost like the manager played for the crazy gang in Wimbledon yeah almost almost I mean the, the, the strange thing was uh, you know Jack Ross has spoken with great <coughs> respect about Gareth Ainsworth um but I don't think I would have been as generous as mm. as, as he's been, um, given the way that that they played um, against Sunderland on Saturday. I, th- I thought it was very poor from from start to finish. I think they also capitalised on the fact that the the referee was very weak, oh you know. And I'm being very polite when DM I say weak. Me. I mean, the what and the moment that encapsulated his afternoon was when he gave that free kick against Ledbetter on the edge of the box, which was a great tackle, and we were on the break. 
stops the game, gives him a free kick, it hits the wall and goes over the bar, clear as day, and he gave a goal kick. It was like, well, you, you, what are you doing? Like, he the was occasion was beyond him, wasn't oh. it? You know, unfortunately, refereeing at, at a place like Adams Park in League One on a Saturday afternoon was just way beyond him. <laughs> but yeah. this goes back to what we said about referees. I mean, you know, we are... Seems crazy to say it, but generally Sunderland fans are used to watching Premier League football because before last season we had 10 consecutive years of it. And as you go down the leagues, the standard of football decreases and the standard of refereeing, unfortunately, increase, uh, decreases as well. Yeah, and, and we all know how much pressure and scrutiny and, and criticism Premier League officials get. So as you can imagine, the lower down you go, the, the, you know, the, the mistakes... Um, you know, seem to get seem to get worse. I mean, there have been some very poor referees this this season um, in charge of Sunderland games. Um, there have also been quite a few that have done okay. Um, you know, th- there are a number of referees where the games come and go and they don't stick in your mind one way or another. And I count that as a as a triumph for these days. If you don't remember someone's name for for being terrible, then um, <laughs> you know that's a that's a a good thing almost it's it's just it's a sign of the times unfortunately I mean no, one I mean, of the worst referees that Sunderland have had has been Lee Probert he, he is on the Premier League he is a Premier League referee that was, yeah. that was an unreal I'll tell you what was unreal Matthew putting a poll out for the Wiseman's Twitter account asking what, what, ask what the worst refereeing performance of the season was and not putting in that Lee Probert one at Luton at home he's been yeah. reprimanded and I think he's learned by his mistake yeah. he's been yeah. yellow carded when he just goes as far as to say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because everybody just replied straight away Lee Probert Luton yeah. Lee Probert but, I, but I, I tell you what I think this one uh, Lee Swaby um, uh, definitely uh, was as bad if not worse than, mm. than Lee Probert's performance <laughs> well could have a good rant about referees, isn't it? What well, about the foot performance it's, generally? The thing is, it sounds like it, the thing is people say, "Well, you make excuses or whatever." It's you know, we play. I would say it's over the course of ninety minutes, that's the worst we've played this season. Um, now we're not going to play as badly as that. You wouldn't think. You can't so the worst. Oh, I'd say it's over ninety Sunderland's minutes. performance. Yeah, yeah, we just could, we just. Do you go along with that, James? Leggy, and we didn't get going. And yeah, you know. it's hard. It's hard to say. There are so many games been played. It's hard to go back over them all. I, I can't think of any that were many worse than that. It's, it'll certainly be one of the one of the worst three performances, I would think. And, yeah. and I'm just picking a number out, out of. I mean, Accrington would have there. been if we hadn't had the last twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was. I would say the Accrington, It was similar levels to the Accrington performance in terms but of our use of the ball. Lost. Yeah, yeah. You know. But we had a spell in that game where we were at them. I didn't. They didn't even feel like we had a spell in this game where we were at the keeper, where we had, you know, we hit the bar from a header from a free I think kick. We didn't really. Got, have to it says everything. They had two shots on target and they were both in injury time. Yeah, mm. you know, and, and that was what led to the goal. Obviously, yeah. the, the first one being Grant's and the second one being Duncan's follow up. It is. It does go back to um, what we're saying though. About I think again acknowledging Luton's. Um, input in, into this League One season because as somebody had said at the start of the season when things were a bit of a mess look by this um, point in the calendar year you will have um, only lost two games you'll have scored in every game and you will have only had two and a half games where you said right we've played really bad here which is what we've just said there so we, we can sort of um, acknowledge that we're still in it and there's going to be twists and turns we have Barnsley to play which we'll talk about um, do you think the players have maybe been caught up in the the whole Wembley thing at all, James? Or not? Or do you think it was? Do you think it was down to Wickham's tactics more than anything? It's very hard to tell uh, the reasons why a team plays poorly, isn't it? You, you see the results on on the pitch. As to the actual reason behind that, it's difficult to difficult to say with any certainty. Really, I didn't see any any sort of Wembley um, or 
qualification for Wembley uh, hangover, if, if you like. Um, I think more than anything, it, a lot of those players that played on, on Saturday were also involved in the midweek game. They've played a lot of games recently, and if you're not rotating the squad anymore mm. for the Checker Trade games, maybe it was a bit of fatigue more than anything. Also, Wickham are a very hard team to play against. You know, Forget the referee and, and that side of things for a moment and the physicality, but the way that they, they play, you know, they, they man-mark people, they, they, they just make life very difficult for you all over the pitch. They're not the greatest uh, bunch of talented players, um, but they work incredibly hard and, and make life very difficult for you. I think had Catamol played the semi-final against Bristol Rovers, we would have seen something being freshened up in the middle of the park, but because he didn't, him coming back into the team, I think Ross has obviously thought that's enough of a, of a freshen up, and in what obviously he thinks is his strongest team now, that's start eleven. I think. I mean, he? Yeah, and in the week you'll have seen, you know, them in training and all that, and he, he might not seen any signs of that. I think it was just a case of one of those days where they played badly and they couldn't get themselves going, and um, you know, they got drawn in a little bit to the the narkiness, which in some respects I don't really mind because we've been saying for however long that we don't stand up for ourselves and it was nice to see especially McGeady I think there was one bit I don't know what he was exactly saying to him but I think um, he had a bit of a, a moment with that lad who got sent off being at the end Yeah. Um, and he kind of I think he went round the back of him and tried to said like basically I don't even know your name and was kind of like moved his hair out the way the back of his shirt <laughs> to like read his, read his shirt like his name and number um, I don't know if he was saying that, but it would indicate he was kind of going to don't even know who you are. So, like, why are you trying to make like a name for yourself in this game? Um, but yeah, it was uh, he should have been sent off then actually in that incident because he like I think he stopped us, stopped the ball. But he think he pulled someone back and then he went and stopped the ball from being taken from the free kick and all this. But anyway, um, the other, another factor that might come into it, perhaps you know we've spoken about maybe the post post. Wembley or post semi final, I keep saying post Wembley because it's not post Wembley, post semi final effect. But maybe the travelling is a factor as well. I mean, I'm not complaining by any stretch of the imagination, but obviously I, I do these journeys too, and it is pretty gruelling. And I'm not running around, you know, on the training pitch and on, and on the pitch um, as the players are, but even just the travelling itself can, can be tough, it takes a toll. I mean, I know the players um, flew down to Bristol last, last week, but they came back on the coach and arrived in the middle of the night, and then they you know, have what a day, maybe a day and a half turnaround here, and then they're, they're back all the way down to Wickham again. So it it is tough. It does take it does take a physical toll on you, I think. Um, so maybe that's a factor too. I mean, how many games have played this season? Forty, probably forty five, forty six games. Yeah, I think we've well, played thirty five in the league. The seven, Czech trade, seven in the Czech trade, seven and two one. two in the FA Cup and one in the League Cup. Three and three in the FA Cup, one in the League Cup. Was it no? It was had, two. Oh, the re, did did we we have re, two. Oh, yeah, yeah we had the replay, didn't we? Yeah, so three so. in the FA Cup, one in the League Cup. So they've played eleven games. So that means we have played forty-six games. Yeah, forty-six it's, games already. And I've said this before about you know, as a it's, as a fan, it gets a bit mentally tiring because you're so used in the Premier League, <coughs> you know, thirty-eight game season. We've yep. done by now. We've yep. still got ten league games to go. 10, 11 league games to go. Yeah. Um, and a cup, final. Yeah, and cup final so we've got and 12 course, games left you know, the dreaded nightmare scenario also of uh, the pl- don't potential no, 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 no. the no, no, other no, games the, other ones Ex- the, the season end. goes into extra time <clears throat> well I tell you on that you know again we've talked about a lot of criticism sometimes of the fact yeah we haven't lost a lot of games but we've drawn too many well we don't get beaten we, you know we're fighting at the end and in a 
in a um, you know not a knockout situation. You know, of teams of our level, we've got to a final of a competition, um, and we won't be you know we won't be beaten. So you look at that, and, and, and teams will want to you know you're in the game all the time. You know you wouldn't have thought you're going to go and get you know smashed off somebody. We haven't been hammered this season, um, so. You know, there's that if it, if it gets that far, but you you you'd hope that tomorrow night, you know, they can pull them back in. I mean, just talking about a day in the group chat, and I was saying I wouldn't be devastated with a draw. Now I know that sounds stupid considering where, where we are, but I think with the amount of games we're going to have three games in hand again, um, so they're going to mount up. I think we've got one league game in 18 days, and then we've got three in 19, six in 19 days, or something like that. So. After the after the checker trade final, um, so I'd be thinking, oh, you know, don't lose, don't lose a game against Barnsley because they'll be if they get away from you, and then we've got all those games in hand, they, and they get away further. Psychologically, it's going to be difficult. So just keep them in, you know, keep them on the hook, sort of thing. Don't don't let them get away because, you know, I don't think it'll be. I know some would say it's a missed opportunity, and it would be, but I think the missed opportunities against Wickham. It's yeah, not I, against I think Barnsley. you've got to be realistic as well. Yeah. Um, you know, Barnsley playing well, and the one of uh, th- th- this is the thing where I'm going back. You having to acknowledge how good Luton have been this season because um, somebody on on Twitter posted uh, a list of sides in England who were unbeaten um, in 2019, and there weren't that many. But the top three in League One were all in it. Yeah. So you know, none of them can shake each other off. So I, I, I think. Yes, we'd love to go there. And we've seen lots of these over the years, promotion, important games where we go and we win these games. Well, do you know, it would be massive if we could do it. I was thinking about it today, and it, rem- it makes me think of the Forest game. You know, under Peter Reid. Under Peter Reid, um, they still won the, up, and yeah. we up, They won the league, and we ended up in the playoffs. Mm. Um, but so we went just, there and won three 0 didn't we? We did, but it goes to show it's not that game alone that's going to do mm. it. It's the other games, and we've got what we've got eleven games left, and I think we need. We probably need to win eight of them. I would say. Get based on what we're seeing because that would give us what 8, 16, 24 points. We've got 68, 69. So, so that would no. give us 93 points. So we're going to have to win eight games of the last so 11. We're, we're only a point behind being two games. No, uh, we are. Two points per game, we are. which yeah. is the mad thing. This is why I keep saying it's 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 almost you know unprecedented that yeah. two, two clubs would be doing much well, not much better, but significantly better than that, isn't it? Two points, two points a game is, you know, seen as the as, as the standard in, in for a team to win automatic promotion in this league, but it doesn't always hold true. I mean, last year, two points a game wouldn't have been enough for you. Mm-hmm. Two points, two points. Uh, Got a manager situation, have But I guess the difference is how far we're third from, from the top two, and I yeah. think, you know, off the top of my head, it was, it was quite... A significant gap comparatively, so I don't think we're going to get a situation where it's going to pull. The team's going to pull away. I mean, we got ninety-two points in nineteen ninety-eight, didn't we? Ninety-seven, ninety-eight. I think we got ninety-two we got points. Lot, but Charlton, who finished fourth, would have normally been promoted yeah. <laughs> with with their point total as yeah. well, of course. Who? Yeah. What, what's? Let's not. But we are kind don't of. Don't stop yeah. thinking about Sunderland Charlton playoff. The gap between. Happening again this year. Yeah, yeah. The gap between us and Charlton's quite large now, and we've got a game in hand on them, and it's four points on Portsmouth. I four didn't realise. On Portsmouth, 10 on Charlton. No, Barnes is 10 on Charlton. We are six on Charlton. With a game in hand, so we could yeah. go to nine. I mean, you know, it's a significant difference. You know, we haven't. We've, we've taken four points off Charlton. Obviously, we lost to Portsmouth. We've taken three points off Barnsley. We've taken. We had two draws against Luton. I would argue we should have won both of those games. 
Um, and beat Doncaster, who was sixth. And we beat Doncaster. We've beaten, we drew with Peterborough. Um, so against the top teams, we've got a pretty good record. Um, so that's that's heartening. And you know what? I don't know how many Sunderland fans are going to be there tomorrow night with three and a half thousand. I'm going like down. So I think it's all about me. But you see, you just got to think. Like I don't think they'll play as badly as they did at the weekend. And, and I think against generally against the top teams, we've played really well. Um, we've had our best performances, arguably the season. You know, Peterborough at home were excellent, and were excellent against Barnsley at home. So, and the first half with a better side against Portsmouth before the sending off. So we can do it in those games. And people like McGeady, you know, I thought on that point, I thought maybe they'd let the Fleetwood game happen. But I think maybe because McGeady's being called up, they've gone. Yeah. Mm, maybe we need to postpone this. Yeah. Well, when you think about the players that that could be missing, you know, if you were if you were missing John McLaughlin, Aidan McGeady, yeah. Tom Flanagan, don't fancy that, dear. You know, mm-hmm. Jimmy Dunn. You know, these these guys, and suddenly you, you find yourself without <clears throat> a third to a half of your of your regular yeah. starters. And Maguire is obviously not available. What more may not be available? Yeah. Mm. Starting to get hip now with some of these injuries. James, have you been you've been to the press conference today? Yeah, you, I've been you? down there a day. Um, you know, Jack Ross is going to have to freshen things up tomorrow by, um, you know, uh, not by choice because he's got four players going to be missing from from that game. Um, obviously, Tom Flanagan was concussed at the weekend. George Honeyman, sorry, Tom Flanagan was concussed at the weekend. George Honeyman was also concussed at the weekend, so couldn't play tomorrow, even if he had have uh, had his red card overturned. Um, Reese James picked up a knock too and obviously Duncan Watmore so you, you're immediately without four players there which which is going to have to uh, shuffle things around a little bit how, how do we shuffle things around them? I was going to say it's just funny that this would be the moment for a nine to move into that position wouldn't it and typically James is injured so mm. that means they have to make a change at fullback which what about means Hume Denver Hume he's not he played f- a lot has he I mean, he's not played a lot since he since he came back from that injury which was way back in, in September but start he, he, he could he could well play um, you know he could well play Adam Matthews at, at left back, couldn't he? So I think he will, but I just think it's a shame that oh nine might be you know in a position where he could knock on the manager's door and say look put me in that position that's my that's my favourite position um, I can do the job that Honeyman does there and he, he could um, but it's just a shame it's come from at a time where obviously Oviedo's still out and then Matthews is going to have to come yeah. in and it means that the likelihood is that oh nine's going to have to stay where he is. I mean, I know there's a, there's a bit of a, a movement for putting Luke O'Neill further forward and into a midfield, but to be honest, I think he's played his best football at right oh, back um, so far. And I'm a big believer in you know t- why, don't take something that, that is working and, and change it just for the sake of oh let's see how he does further forward. Because, you know, if it works, just let's let's leave it as as it is. But we were playing well with Matthews at right back as well. Yeah, true. So I just think. Who would you put in there instead of Honeyman? You know, do you put, you know, maybe Gooch in there? Somebody who's a bit more aggressive? Or do you then, if we're going to Barnsley, maybe you think a couple of power in there and reinforce that um, midfield a little bit, um, which you wouldn't be against. Yeah. Um, give you a little bit more physicality in the middle, I think, power um, with, with, with the other two. Um, I wouldn't be adverse to that tomorrow night. Um, but then in a home game, it, uh, against Walsall, I'd be thinking, 
you know, I, I would be wanting to have power and lead bid and catamore in the middle. Um, so we might, we might see two different setups across Interesting the to see how games. that works, because Honeyman's the one who floats across the yeah. pitch behind the striker, and none of those three would do it. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you'd have to you'd basically be a two well, rather than a... It would be kind of too I'm deep. I'm not sure. I, th- I think Gooch could benefit from this, mm. and, and McGeady, Gooch, and Morgan could be the three behind. I think Mo- Morgan, by the way, was, I thought was really good again at the weekend, and mm-hmm. he seems to be really, you know, grown into things, which is ideal for us. Um, <clears> I just hope if Gooch plays, he, you know, plays with his head up a bit and sort of releases the ball at the right time and does stuff like that, because you know, capitalising on any opportunities we get tomorrow night is going to be. You know, Barnsley, and we put four past Barnsley last time, but I think they've got the best defensive record in the league. I think, um, or they're definitely in the top two or three teams in terms of defensive records. So, you know, if we get the chances, you know, we we have to take. We're going to get chances because Barnsley, the way they play as attacking, and I can't see them ripping that game plan up just to accommodate Sunderland when. Their manager is going to be saying to them, "Look, we're four points out of this team for a reason." You know, blah blah blah. Uh, we're at home. Yeah, from their point of view, they're going to look at, th- at this game very much in the same way that that Sunderland would if it was at the stadium, aren't they? They're going to say, "Look, you know, we can compete toe to toe with with Sunderland. We're ahead of them on points. We're at home. The emphasis is going to be on on them to attack and and to get at Sunderland. They're not going to sit back and and uh, absorb pressure." Um, so the, if you like, it's going to a bit. The tables are going to be turned. It's going to be a case of whether Sunderland can quieten down their crowd and and frustrate them a bit, just as teams try to do when they come to the stadium. Well, I've heard the atmosphere at, at Oakwell's not been great this season. I mean, not that I'm obviously a you know an avid follower of Barnsley and the what Barnsley fans are saying. I just read a few things suggesting that it's not it's not like bouncing like on you know. Uh, can you ever remember it being I, at, at Oakwell? I, I can remember it being bouncing at Oakwell because uh, I I covered the game at Oakwell when they won promotion at the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, that, that was that, that was bouncing. A, that was a good era for them. Wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? That was bouncing when uh, uh, Michael Parkinson and Dickie Bird and every other Barnsley celebrity <laughs> name was uh, was in the crowd at, at, at that one. But yeah, that was that was an atmosphere. But yeah. That's, it's just you know I'm not, it's weird I think with all the Wembley stuff it, I wouldn't say the game's been forgotten about but it's just been I think other people have been I think people have been focused on other things it's probably been a welcome distra- distraction in some respects because it's it could be Nottingham Forest or it could be in the, within the same season the Ipswich game you know the Alex Matthew yeah game um, which basically mm-hmm. condemned us to the playoffs that game um, when Forrest won the league at the back of that off the back of yeah. that game it was a live um, on Sky on a yeah. Monday night I think it was awful that wasn't it Matt Holland scored as well yeah but Alex Matthew played for Newcastle hadn't he and, yeah. and there was a whole thing around a whole thing we'd already that. scored a hat-trick against us which a couple of years before that Alex <coughs> Matthew yeah so yes um, we've got that potential feeling to look forward to <laughs> no I think, a, I, think, big, I think you're it's right a big, it's a big week with the two games we're playing our bogey team this season we haven't beaten them on three occasions and um, we lost to them at home, which doesn't happen very often in any competition. Um, and we obviously drawn last minute equaliser when we drew away from home in the first FA Cup game. So, you know, the, it's a big week. There's two games from a psychological perspective that if we can say get 
almost if we won tomorrow night and got and drew with Warsaw or something and took four points from the two games, psychologically I don't know if that would be better or worse. But really, we need we need I say we need to win eight of the last eleven to to mm. to, to get in the top two. I think getting a, a result down there is just going to set up for the weekend, isn't it? And that's important, and it? This has been a distraction. I think you're right because this is such a big game that Sky seemed to have ignored uh, altogether. Well, that's if it was a championship, maybe, but it's League One, so yeah, it was a League One game on Saturday night on Sky, Charlton and. Uh, I mean, to, to, you know, what we were talking about before about saying we used to Premier League level referees, Premier League football. <coughs> I have to say, the standard of football has not been too bad. It's been better than I thought. Yeah, was, yeah. Um, I think that, you know the quality is a lot higher than maybe it was a few years ago. Um, not been too many games when you come away saying you know that was a you know rubbish game. Yeah. The, the Apart from Saturday's gone, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that but that stood out as being you know an, an exception. You haven't been coming away time after time saying well you know what a waste of time that was. What a terrible game for a spectator. There have been odd forty five minutes here and there that have been really poor, but not you know you don't you're not going to look back on the season as being mm. a, a season of dreadful football. Are you? I just think I've got to, I don't. I don't like when I get good feelings about games. I just think that I think that the the high of qualifying for the Wembley and stuff, and I know you've got to put in the context of the tournament and the competition that it is. But at Bristol Rovers, we kept them at arm's length, and the big players turned up. Will Griggs' goal was outstanding. What you want to see from a centre forward, and I just think that the likes of him, McGeady, they're looking at Barnsley, probably thinking, "Yeah, this is the game I want to be involved in. This is this is where we turn up." and do something with respect to Wickham and you've got to hope there's a bit of that because you're going to need individual big performances aren't you I mean the, the difference between the two sides was you know it, it, it was a 4-2 win for Sunderland but it, they weren't miles apart were they over the course of the the home game know, against yeah, Barnsley yeah sorry yeah and then you know I would say that <coughs> Barnsley probably had a really good 25 minute spell in that game either side of half time and it was orchestrated by Kiefer Moore who was the best opposition player I think we've faced at the stadium like this season. I thought he was outstanding. Um he's obviously missing the missing McGeehan. Yeah. Is it McGeehan? Cameron yeah. McGeehan, yeah. the centre midfielder. Um and he's a key player for them. So they've sold a few players. I mean they've done very well to to kind of keep the pace to be fair. And it must be, you know, stem from good management and the way of setting up the team. Because you know, they have kept the pace even with those. And you've got to say as well, Luton, you'd think psychologically when, when the manager left, I thought, great. And then they won five on the bounce. Yeah. So, and when Moore was out, I was thinking, great. Like, obviously not for him, but great for us. And then, you know, the drop-off just hasn't occurred. Um, so, it's such a high level at the top of that league. And all three teams, you know, you'd think would be able to compete at the next level based on what we saw last season I would say some of the teams we played last season have been worse than some of the teams we've played this season like yeah. I'm not saying that the teams we played this season could sustain it over the course of a season at the high level but I think there's definitely I don't think that the distance between no. the two divisions has been high as expected no, which, which normally league position suggests it is, but uh, no, I agree. Um, I can remember some games in the championship last time, some, some of those teams were awful, and I think, yeah. Uh, yeah I, well, sometimes it comes down to teams raising the game against you. I know that's what, what Sunderland, yeah. Sunderland have found, but you think about last season in the championship, Sunderland played Wolves twice and made Wolves look very ordinary. Um, Wolves were, well, Sunderland were the only team that kept two clean sheets against Wolves, the only team that Wolves didn't score against. Um, 
you know, and we we know that Wolves are a quality team, and they're proving that now in in the Premier League. But you wouldn't have known that last season when they played Sunderland. Um, and I guess you can look point to games in this this season. You can look at Bradford on Boxing Day. You know that they, they gave gave Sunderland a hell of a scare, and, and look where Bradford are in in the table. You know that you know, that they took a, a game against an away game against a, a team pushing for promotion, and and uh, you know n- nearly caused an upset, didn't they? So. And that's just one off the top of my head. I'm sure there are others too. Right, we're going to wrap up talking about that now. And when we come back, we're just going to quickly talk about the Wembley situation. Hi, this is Kieran Brady, and you're listening to the Wise Men Say podcast. All right, okay then. Let's just, I think we need to um, just comment on, on maybe our opinions on, on the way this Wembley ticket thing uh, has been handled. Um, hmm. Well, there's no, there's, no, there's no easy way to, well... There is an easy way to, to to do to ticket it, but I can understand they probably have to sit in a room and decide how they're gonna do yeah, this, I've, which is a, and it's difficult. Firstly, so without firstly, yeah, that, firstly, you know, yeah uh, every single time we've played at Wembley, there's been a situation like this, and I think whatever after given season, they're just fortunate. Firstly, that the every season ticket holder is, is guaranteed a ticket because that's hasn't always been the case. That's when the real problems come in. So firstly, yes, season ticket holders um, guaranteed guaranteed a ticket. Now, whatever they did after that, there were going to be people who didn't like it, weren't there? I mean, we need to acknowledge that first and then it's a very difficult situation to be able to come up with a foolproof plan and make sure everybody's happy. How do you actually gauge who's a real fan in inverted commas, who's a loyal fan? I would think in this day and age there should be a better system, but I wouldn't put that down on the new owners because they've kind of this has come around quite quickly. We've even I've even mentioned on here before the purchase history thing. I think is great for derby games because you can buy multiple tickets, so it stops Newcastle fans getting tickets for Sunderland in the Sunderland end because you, somebody you know sort of a ticket out mate on your purchase history. The problem is when you just go off somebody's own purchase history and they're buying the wife a ticket and the mate a ticket. And worse of all... Or a wife buying the husband a yeah, ticket, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but worst of all... Misogyny on the Wise Men Say podcast. Worst of all, who I feel really sorry for, buying the kids' tickets. Because, and I'm going to, you know, I've, I've mentioned my sub story many, many times that I didn't get a ticket for the 1992 FA Cup final. Went to every single game at Roker Park. Every single one. I went to the quarterfinals at the FA Cup. I went to the semi-finals at Hillsborough the FA Cup. And because the the um, the lottery system there put in place at the time, I didn't get a ticket. Now I've had a season ticket every season since then because <laughs> for that reason. Um, and and I've given that story, but that will still relate to some. There'll be some kid today who's got to every single game this season, and his dad or his mum or an adult um, buys him or her a ticket. They can't go. They can't go and buy their own ticket and create their own purchase history. No, well, I, and you can create purchase history for people and assign tickets to them on your account. Right. Which but is which I would say is the. I wouldn't have known that for a start. So, so well, thing is, there'll be lots of people who so buy. You can, add, you can add friends and family to your account now. If you buy a ticket, if if you you can create a, an account for somebody or and buy a ticket in their name, but give you give yourself permission to buy that ticket. So, for example, when yeah. I buy a ticket for my dad, and there's points involved. Mm. I assign one ticket to him and one ticket to me, and then we both get a point. Mm-hmm. But if I just bought two tickets in my name, he wouldn't get a point, which and I would, get one point. Which ninety nine percent? Yeah, of but a lot of people do. will. But what I would say is the club could come back and say, "Well, you can create customer numbers for everybody who you buy a ticket for." Now we understand, like the online ticketing system is not exactly the most um, user friendly um, 
thing and you might just be like, oh, you know, so-and-so's callers and they want a ticket for the match on Saturday. I'll just, I'll just get them and, and get the money off you, no worries. And they'll just or just call up the ticket office I, and say, can I, can I buy four yes. tickets for Saturday? That's how most people yes. do it. And, and, you know, I guess the argument would be there, should the ticket office staff be saying, you know, do you want, you know, do you have the customer numbers for all of the people who are buying tickets? But then that's a whole different conversation. I don't want to sound like I'm having to dig it, you know, processes within the ticket office because... Who you know? It's, it seems like a pretty clunky question to ask on the bit on the back of, and it's all on the back of this irritation that's come out of this. So, you know, I think that I think this it brings out the worst in people, and it should be like the best sort of time supporting the clubs these opportunities, you know, to go places. And it was always coming. It's a massive headache, and and it, and you know, there's thirty nine thousand tickets. There's about twenty three thousand, and odd season ticket holders so you've got 16,000 tickets so once you take out the, the season ticket holders you've got 16,000 season tickets so you've got 16,000 Wembley tickets left over and everybody who's ever been at the Stadium of Light thinks that they should have one and the question is how do you root out who should have one most as, as it were mm-hmm. so whichever way you choose to do that whatever criteria you set uh, you are bound to upset yep. somebody Lots somewhere of people uh, and it's about upsetting the fewest number of people. And you only ever hear, hear from the people who are upset. So you know that they're upset. Um, and you don't know how many people are quite happy with the, the system. So you're hearing from people that are upset. It's impossible to please everybody. I don't know what the right answer is. Um, I think that this has come together at, at the sort of perf- bit of a perfect storm in that the club is um, switching ticket provider using Ticketmaster, so that's added an extra layer of complexity to what was already a difficult did you buy your tickets sorry sorry james did you buy t- did you buy your tickets for the for your group no my dad did your dad how did he found Ticketmaster? um he he sat up the night before <laughs> to get his head around it Right. Um, so that and he, he took a couple of hours off work to make sure that he could wow. get his head around it. But and that it, shouldn't it, happen. Should it, it, it shouldn't take a couple of hours off work. What he said if you're, is, if you're if you're on a, I, I, if you're on a branch if you're on a branch bus, right, and you're in your you know a lot of the people on branch buses in the 60s, 70s, well, point, and all, yeah. on all the branches sort the tickets out. Then you've got to go and to, like learn how to use you know register and ticket master to get a customer number out. I can understand why the club are doing it, but. It's also partly because, you know, so many staff at the ticket office have been made redundant that they couldn't cope. They can't cope with it. They, I think they couldn't cope with the numbers. The volume, even, the immediate. Yeah, I've heard immediate a few people volume. say, well, the manager sell a Bradford ticket. Yeah, that yeah. was over a month. Yeah. You're selling tickets over three or four three days. Yeah. Right. And, and, yeah, and you're not going to go back to the days where you have queues round, wrapped around the ticket office, are you? No. Um, and m- m- my dad even said to me, there are people ringing me, asking me for my advice and my help on doing this. And he says, and these are intelligent people with good jobs and they're educated people and they can't get their head around it um which you know I, I, again i just this is this isn't a new problem though is it because as you were saying no, in 1992 no, there was a problem you know i know someone uh, who went who was a season ticket holder in 73 and also went to all the fa cup games but didn't get a ticket for the Wem- wembley final mm. you know uh, so this is nothing new. This this comes of of a club, and Sunderland aren't the only club that find themselves in this situation, by the way. But it comes of a club who they set out on a cup run, not expecting to get to Wembley. So no provision is made from the outset. How you what you do? I think, and, and I my, think what they, you don't. But, what but you my don't argument is, you should have been a provision because unless Mickey Loff from Wiseman here, who was our um, rep for the Red and White Army supporters group, unless he's kept it from us, which I doubt. 
I haven't heard that the Red and White Army, for example, have been contacted by the club, have you? Or consulted? I did text somebody involved. Okay, so off the record, be, kind of. There's been a discussion, but I don't know. I don't right, think. Okay. Were, I don't think they. I wouldn't like to say that they were definitely. Yeah. This were, were this definitely is, or this not. This isn't me not having a go at them, by the way. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, before Bristol Rovers. Now I know it might seem like oh you don't want to like, oh, count your chickens and stuff like that. But when we got to a semi-final, uh, discussions. Um, bear in mind these are the owners are still new to the area, new to the club, um, and I think. While they've they've improved most processes actually, and, and I think don't not, don't think anyone could argue that they've made things for the better and the care and the the hearts in the right place. But this is when you realise you're not at Eastley or you're not at Oxford, and you've got thousands upon thousands of fans who want to go to Wembley. This is big club syndrome, isn't it? And this would happen at other similar sized clubs, Villa and all the likes. Well, happen at Portsmouth. Yeah, we would have similar mm-hmm. problems. So. With that, and you're saying, yeah, we, we don't um, enter a, a cup expecting to go to Wembley, but let's go back to 1985, say, when someone got to Wembley, then they got to Wembley five years later in 1990, they got to Wembley again two years later in 1992, they got to Wembley again six years later in 1998, then they did have a gap before the League Cup final, but they got the FA Cup semi-final in 2004, and there were, you know, John Oster hitting the, the bar from the free kick away from going to Wembley again, so... On average, every five years or so, you would think this does come around. And I just think there should have been a conversation to say, if we get there, what do you well, think will be a fair... Pro- and and, and you, you can't you keep everybody happy, yeah, but at least you're asking the question. And fans have... Any fan can join the Red and White Army. And fans are then generally invited to have their say in some sort of way. And just con- and, uh, there should be some sort of consultation about it. I mean, what you don't do is... I don't, I don't even know if they have done this now because it's so confusing. Essentially, make people buy a ticket for the Warsaw game. No, so that that was that was a, a bad idea. I don't know what's happened there. Now they've given they've given people who purchased history from two or three years ago the chance to upgrade. But to that wasn't what was said in the initially no, initial no, statement. No, no. We had this argument. We, we had like this discussion. We we contacted someone from the club. The club st- the, a club official who was you know, and I feel bad for them because they'll have to feel so many questions. But it was mixed messages all the way through, and I think there's still mixed messages now about how I think I'm still speaking to people who don't quite understand the Warsaw ticket thing. Has just confused the whole thing. Just say if you buy a Warsaw ticket, you've got to purchase history within the last two years, and you're in phase two because that's what they're saying now. But well, I don't think it is though. I don't think it is. I think they're saying that if you if you buy a Warsaw ticket, you got to purchase history pre the last two years, and you get into phase two. Yeah, but. I, you're getting upgraded by buying I a Warsaw But yes, but the whole thing with the Warsaw tickets just confused it all. Why didn't they just say, if you've got a purchase history in the last two years, up and including Warsaw, you, you get into phase two. Outside of that, you're in phase three. Why didn't they just say that? Because if you bought a ticket for the first game of the 17-18 season, and you've never been to another one, what's the difference between buying a ticket for the Walsall game now after not being to one for the last two years? I mean, I mean, there's no, there's no difference. You'll know, you'll know the answer to this. I, you know, my people in people in my family are season ticket holders, but I obviously, I obviously don't, thankfully, you know, have to go through that process. But do they still award black cat points yes. as they call them? So could they not have done the same thing as they do for for? Or they used to do for for tickets for the derbies. Say, well, people with thirty black cap points are able for to buy so many yeah, tickets, and then people with twenty is the next phase. So you're rewarding the people that got the most games. And then, but then, what would happen? Would they sell the tickets on Ticketmaster's reselling site? Would they pass them to friends? 
well I mean and that's that's the door it opens up I think that's a and I think that would get quite a few people's back so what I mean what I haven't enjoyed seeing in the last few days and this you is can't probably stop people selling tickets no, and no, down the pub or no, wherever they are no and you? people will be doing it who've got them well people will be getting them for mates and sorting them out tomorrow when in the scramble but yeah, I think, it, I think you know the customer number. The customer number also adds another layer of complexity to it. Why doesn't everybody, every every fan, if if you like inverted commas, why do you not get a card, a gold card, and on it, <laughs> ju- just a card, and on it, and on it has got your your customer number. And when you go through the turnstile, whether you've used your season ticket, whether you've used, whether you've paid cash at the turnstile or a one-off ticket. You scan your card on the way in, and it knows mm. that you've attended that game. Every, you know everybody, whether you're a child or an adult, and then you know who's who's been to that's what not, games. James the has the answer. Right, this, the if you're listening, yeah. whoever's listening, write yeah. it down. That is write this idea. down. Because <laughs> how much could it, it cost? Nothing to, to print. No, that's right. Because it's like a boots loyalty card. You scan the chip on your way in. Card, you scan it on the way in. It logs which games you've been to. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well done, James. You've got the job at the ticket office. Excellent. Congratulations. I guess I guess um, it will be how you log away games because a lot of people who would argue um, that they deserve tickets. A lot of people I would argue deserve tickets. Go to more away games than the go to home games. That that's difficult. More difficult. This whole thing about deserving tickets. No, 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 no. I said in their opinion. Yeah. And then I said also in my opinion. It's subjective, isn't it? But what I do there's another there's other layers to this thing. So like phase two, you've got this international membership. Like you qualify. Well, what if you? What if you part the Manchester branch or the London branch and you yeah. go to loads of games? You don't qualify because the branch buys all the tickets. But if you've bought like a membership card overseas because you've been watching a documentary on Netflix the, and you've decided you want to be, yeah. watch Sunderland, this you qualify over that. To where the consultation should have come in, though, with the Red and White Army, and no, the branches, and no, everybody. I'm not, but I'm not and, saying and, and, uh, this needs to happen going forward because I'm not we, saying, because doesn't it? We yeah. could be at Wembley in two years or one year yeah. again, and it, it needs or to in be, three it months. Needs, it needs to, yeah. yeah. In the old this in, season, you yeah. know. When in the old days, you know, thirty years ago, when I used to go to games as a as a as a kid, you know, teenager, or whatever, um, you used to get a paper voucher if you went if you paid cash going through the turnstile. You got a little paper voucher. If you got three paper vouchers or whatever it, it was, then you were entitled to get a ticket for the big semi final or the big you know quarter final, whatever game it might have been. Um, you know, you had some. Now today, you don't need paper vouchers because, as I say, you can put it all on a scanner card. But just the same same approach, though. I think if you went to those early checker trade games the Stoke under 21 game the Morecambe away game you know if you have followed the team to those games you know you, you should be able to be ahead of of people that had a purchase here history from 2017 18 in the in the queue if, if you were prepared to to go to those games and stand in the pouring rain with about 3,000 other seven eight thousand other people at those games then you should you know you, you should yeah. have some sort well, maybe, of maybe that's something they should look at you know you pay for a membership card not like a normal amount 20 yeah. quid say for your season say you're not going to get a season ticket but every time you go maybe you get half a point instead of a full point and then you accumulate your points and that gives you opportunity to get the away games yeah. so because obviously the reason why the people with loads of points who go to away games is because they go to all the games yeah um, there are opportunities to build your points, but it, you know, check a chair teams were a good example, you know, to, to build your points if you wanted to. But yeah. a lot like you were saying, if you live in Manchester, are you going to take a day off and come up to watch us play Stokes at the under 21s? Now, some people might be shouting a thing, well, if you're a proper fan, that's what you should be doing. But I kind of was talking about this privately, and I think there's a lot of. A lot of it stems from almost like, and this kind of might be slightly a tangent, but the 
it's a lot of it's to do with I think social media and, and culture and, and, and culture around going to football now and it, there's a lot you know the away day thing and people will put it in the bios you know follow so and so home and away people never used to say we're playing Barnsley away yeah did they just say we're playing Barnsley because you'd know if we're home away. Yep. We've already played Barnsley once this season, so if you go to so many games, you don't need to tell everybody that you're going to Barnsley away. The reason you're saying you're going to Barnsley away is because you want people to know that you go to away games. Yeah. Now, and I think, and this is, I'm not being Which critical. Which is fine, by the way, yeah. if people want to do yeah. that. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not, it's not a criticism. It's, it's just, the cult, it's a culture, and I think there's people who go to all the games away from home, and, and their life is, you know, going to, going to Sunderland games, and, and they meet a lot of people going through that. And, and I think, I'm not saying everyone's like this, but I think some people maybe have taken this as an opportunity to have a little bit of flex and go like, oh, look at me, I go all these. And if you don't, if well, you could go to all these games, I go all these games. If you don't go to them, then you're a crap fan, you're a rubbish supporter. Why are you crying about not getting a ticket and all this? It's like, well, it's irrelevant to you anyway because you're getting one because you've got a season ticket. Mm-hmm. And I know what you were saying, the only people complaining are the people who aren't yeah. going to get tickets. But I, I was of annoyed course. about the whole situation. I was guaranteed a ticket. Yeah. So... You know, maybe that's, you know, part. I didn't have a very good day the other week when I had that rant and, you know, well, that wasn't the only thing I said. And, you know, but that situation annoys me because I just feel as though that if you're going to say you're going to stand shoulder to shoulder with all these Sunderland fans and turn London red and white in this, wherever you go, Covent Garden, Trafalgar Square, you can't stand shoulder shoulder to shoulder with somebody you've been a week before saying that they don't deserve to be there and they're a rubbish fan or, you know, they're not as good as you because you've been to Bristol, Bristol Rovers away and you've been to Walsall away twice this season and I've been here and I've been there. I just don't think, you know, people have got different personal circumstances yeah. and... It doesn't mean that mean they're a rubbish supporter. Like you're saying, a lot of people I think have been saying they're missing out on tickets is because they've bought them all under one customer number. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't mean they're a, a less of a supporter because they've done that. The, I'm not do you saying think people's, behave- in, do you think people's saying- behaviour will change because of the problem that, that, that they've had? Do you think people that did buy multiple tickets under one customer number will now not do that? I don't know. I mean, you'd like to, you'd like to think James, that they you, would. You, you've hit the nail on the head by anybody who doesn't have a season ticket needs to be can, should be able to apply for a card. Just have when, a membership a, card? A, yeah, a membership yeah. card, and then whenever you buy a ticket, you can um, they will say, okay, we'll put that game on the card for you, yeah. Yeah. and that, that'll get you into the ground, yeah. and that'll give you a point. Because yeah. there, are, there are people... Well, I would... I would or, well, or some yeah, sort if, of... If you go to an away game, maybe you get half a point or something like that. I mean, there are people, there are people I, I know well, from the corporate, they don't, they don't even have a customer number, yet they... Pay you know large amounts of money to go sit in the corporate areas, and they don't even I think have a customer can, I think number. you can get a customer number for the corporate you areas. Probably reading can. about this, you but again, can. I know somebody yeah. who's a lot of corporate goes to corporate quite a lot, and they was they were struggling to yeah. they, they contacted the club, and it was like well, we knew. can't assume you with a customer yeah. number. It's like well, mm. but yeah. they've spent but like ninety pound and hundred pound yeah. a game. Like. If, everybody, if everybody has a has a number given to them and they've got it on a card so they so they know and the club and the card's that. free so you can't afford it yeah. you just put you won't request a card and you yeah get if, one if, it, if the card costs a fiver let's say just to cover the cost of producing it and sending it to mm. you um you know it could have your, it could have your photo on or, or whatever I, I don't know i mean i don't know the the details of of that the you know the ironing that's out the, the card that works in the turnstiles the same well yeah. yeah i would just yeah. say you know see pay 20 quid membership so, you get some exclude you get like yeah. exclusive offers during the season like that season ticket holders get and if you yeah. if you go to away game you get a point you know home game get a point and, and, and that's, that, I wouldn't, well, well no because that's club, that, club that's could the also, idea club that, could because, also because if well, you, you, shouldn't go, get, you shouldn't get I don't think you should no, get like, you, a you, no, but yeah, no, no, or some sort of membership point because this is the point so some people could buy a, a oh, membership right, card a and go thing. to 10 games a season so all of those 10 games yeah. are logged 
That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Right, and, yeah. and then they go to 20 away games because they go to Morgue and they're all logged. Yeah. That comes after season ticket holders. Yeah. So season ticket holders is a separate thing. Right, and okay. if you ever get to a final where, yeah. um, on you know, God forbid, there are more season ticket holders than yeah. tickets, they go on the old-fashioned point yeah. system, which yeah. is the fair way to do it. So everyone, they, get, everyone they, who gets a season ticket gets one, and then phase two would be people who've got yes. between membership card, whatever, whatever, points. and then whatever, yeah, yes. and whatever. Okay. And, and see, yeah. and and work then, it down. And, and you, could even, just, you, could even, you, you could even use it, and, and the club could use it for certain games. Let's say... You, you had a game. And you say, well, if you went, if you came to this game and it was really poorly attended or whatever, say, well, you, we're, we're going to do a double loyalty point for that game. You get two points for that. So one. if you went to a checker trade game, you got two you got instead two of point. one or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. or something. something if you went like to Morgan that. away, I think you yeah. certainly should get two. There's arguments with that one as well because you, you, the, the made the chip. Tickets really cheap for those games, yeah. so but, but you know still, I mean, it still pretty poorly attended. But, in I mean, the early we, we've just come up with this. I, yeah. I think this generally, and we all got slightly different opinions on it. Sounds like a really good idea. Now we've just come up with this speaking. Yeah, consultation is what should have happened or yeah. what needs to happen now. This is the point. People who have been fans and understand the club, we 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 understand and we can help. Yeah, we can. I, help. I think it like you know, and I hope this doesn't sound awful, but I understand the the commercial eye from the club. And it does feel a little bit maybe they've been it's like swayed down that route rather than thinking about something practical like this. And obviously you can't go back in time. No. They can th- and they might be having these discussions and might be thinking about implementing something. They might already have a better idea. They might already have a better idea, but this is like you say, they haven't planned it. So you know, this is a stopgap solution. But like the whole international membership thing, it's like, well, now people are gonna buy international memberships. Yeah. Um what if you you know, you could set up a you know, VBN and buying international membership if you're based in England, couldn't you? You could have a fake address and mm. all that and in, in America or something like that and buying international membership. And then you get into phase two. You have to buy a Walsall ticket. The whole Walsall ticket thing's been so confused, nobody knows what a Walsall ticket actually constitutes now in the yeah. context of the of the ticket. I, I, I haven't met anybody who can definitely guarantee and say this is what it means now because it doesn't seem to be that it, it's just complicated no. the whole matter but ultimately it's going to put three or four thousand people on the mm-hmm. gate yeah I think yeah and I I work in marketing and when I heard about it I thought that's a neat marketing idea but you also know you need to know your market as well yeah. and reg- regardless of whether you think it's right whether, some people are okay with this yeah. and some people are really not I've okay. read somebody saying that they should have been making people buy right, okay. season tickets so, for next season so, to qualify which is so, I think is a disgraceful well, suggestion so, to be brutally so, honest whatever so some people are okay with this and some people are not so saying regardless of which side of that fence you're on and which way you think about it the fact is if you go and make a decision like that thousands won't like it yeah. so even if you think you do like it and then thousands do like it thousands won't like it and if something is that divisive you've got a question whether it's a good idea the thing is from a marketing and, and revenue point of view there's no there's no advantage to the club in rewarding loyalty games that you've already been at they've got that money that money's in the bank the the advantage to the club is in getting you to buy a ticket for Walsall or buying a season ticket next season That because that's more money coming in so that that's the difference you know we're talking about how to reward fan loyalty but there's n- there's no money in that the club have to do that because it's the right thing to do not because they're hoping to earn coin out of it mm. no i agree everyone happy with that <laughs> i don't think there'll be people happy with it at about 11 o'clock tomorrow morning <laughs> when the remaining what eight to ten thousand tickets yeah. go on sale and um <laughs> there'll be a very there'll be probably be two-thirds of the people who are trying to get them will be it's, very it's, disappointed look, and 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 you know and do you know what, do you know, you know when they announced these stages yeah. now i was working in leicester 
and and when I, I was working but when I could and when I got a quick break I was looking at my group chat and all these men and you could see all this fume on Twitter and in the group chat and I thought and I knew it would happen and I tried to like try to keep an at arm's length from it and it is going to happen but like we say we just hope that it's it will have been and gone and people will get over it and you know like I did I, I didn't get over me 92 final actually I'm still not over it um, but you're still talking about it now. exactly that's what <laughs> maybe that's what happened maybe that's what happened with Honeyman at the weekend he'd re- he, Realise that he was in phase three, mm. so he was like, "If I miss this because I've got concussion or a bad head injury, I'm, I'm going to have to go to the game and I won't get a ticket." But I mean, all that, so he you kicked know, off. The '92 process was very much turn up these two, turn up these two games. You get a voucher and it gets drawn out, which just isn't fair or wasn't fair. But at that in that day and age, you could understand it more. In this day and age, in the digital age, you think they should be able to monitor attendance for non-season ticket holders a little bit better, and hopefully. You know what will come out of this is it lava rethink and things, we, and things, things will be improved for when we play Charlton in the playoff final in May. I think we've seen to be fair to the ownership that they have trying to be progressive and take ideas on board yeah. and, and do things. You don't, you're not always going to hit the mark, but like you say, not everyone agrees with or disagrees with what's happened. So you know it's a matter of opinion, isn't it? Yeah. But the the process is in place. The Walsall ticket thing would not have existed if the, if there was something in place. But you, I guess you can't. You know they've been probably had bigger fish to fry since they got there to be honest okay he's for a win at Barnsley thanks for listening